Acts 17 and verse 5. Did I call that off already? My name is, and I attended West Angeles Elementary School in 1985 for kindergarten. I still recall my teacher's name, Mrs. Marshall. She was a very kind and nurturing teacher. My experience at the school, even at a young age, was pleasant. Acts 17 and 5. I am a Generation Xer and grew up off Crenshaw and Adams in the 1980s and the 90s. And during the 80s and 90s, gang activity was at an ultimate high. And there were gunshots, cocaine, and a fair share of prostitution. The risk for joining a gang was higher for men than for women. Acts 17 and 5. I recall many of my male friends getting jumped by local gangs, which was Black Peace Stones and the rival Harlem 30s Crips, mostly black Easy Riders. And as soon as I was in junior high, fortunately as a woman, the pressure to join the gang was less intense. However, I and many other women did hang out with the male gang members. Looking back, it was a tough neighborhood and indeed yet a time that we did not know any difference. Acts 17 and 5. And even with the large gang activity and mass incarceration, my mother's prayer for me was to escape the gang lifestyle that prevailed. I graduated from Dorsey High School with a high school honors and studied aerospace engineering. I must admit that there aren't too many people from my neighborhood that became rocket scientists for Boeing Company. But I do want to highlight that it is possible despite the odds. Thank you, Mama, for praying for me and praying me out of the game. And I want to add, thank you, Los Angeles. Now would you stand with me so we can read together Acts 17 and 5. Did I call that already? Click. Acts 17 and 5, but the Jews which believed not moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the base of state, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come here also. I want to preach for just a few minutes today from a subject entitled Miracle on Crenshaw Boulevard. You may be seated. I am aware of the time and I cannot be long here this morning and we have much to do in these next few minutes that we share together. And if we work together and you help me preach, we can get through with this on time. We must visit uh, a graveyard on the edge of the sea. We must stop briefly in Philippi to where the economy and power of the city has been shaken. And then we must rush over to Thessalonica a city that will soon be on the edge of being turned upside down. And then finally, we must hurry back to Crenshaw Boulevard. Mm -hmm. 
it appears that this is going to be a whirlwind tour. We will not be able to stay long in any one place. And furthermore, it appears that all four destinations have a strange connection, a commonality, something that raises questions and seeks for answers. It does not appear that all four places have been, uh, it appears that all four places have been rocked by unexpected events and their citizens have been shaken. It appears that the status quo has taken a real blow. It appears that the chairs around the table have been rearranged. And it does appear that all four locations now stand as an example of what happens when a dangerous preacher is let loose. These locations are intermingled and uh, we will do our best to move as quickly as we can. Shall we first go, I gotta get it on right, get it here, mm-hmm. Shall we first go to Mark chapter four? Mm -hmm, I got it, mm -hmm. There we find ourselves with Jesus in a borrowed boat, now teaching and preaching to those who had come. And when he had finished talking to them about the kingdom, turns around and gets into a boat and they began to sail to the other side. And as they're going across that great waterway, all of a sudden, something happens. They discover that the wind is blowing and storms have come upon them and the sea is now beyond their ability to navigate. And so when they're in trouble, they turn around and say, where is Jesus? And they find him at the back of the boat. And somebody said, wake him up. And when they wake him up out of his sleep, they turn around and say, careth thou not that we perish? And Jesus turns around and says to them, oh, ye of little faith, walks to the edge of the boat, turns around and rebukes the sea and the calm and says those words that all of us must say to ourselves every now and then when things get rough, peace. Be still. He speaks those words and those that are on the boat turn around and say, what manner of man is this that even the sea and the wind obey him? But if they were stunned by that, all they have to do was stay on the boat a little bit longer. Because when the boat finally docks on the other side, not only do they know now that he is in charge of the sea and the wind, but they discover something else. There Jesus shows up at the edge of this town. And when he gets there, you would think that the mayor or the city council would come to welcome someone to their city. Can you imagine having Christ come to your town? Jesus shows up at the town, but they, uh, the mayor is busy. The city council doesn't have time. And so the only welcoming committee they have is one man who is demon-possessed who shows up to become the welcoming committee for the area. And he shows up there. And his words to Jesus after he worships for a moment turns around. And by the way, he knew who Jesus was. It, it's amazing how somebody who's demon-possessed knows Jesus and other folks that come to church sometimes don't recognize him. But I got to go on from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My God. And all of a sudden, he shows up and he says, I know who you are. My God, I, I, I know who you are. I know what you're about. And, and, and I want to know why. Have you come here to torment me? What's wrong with what's going on here? Now, I want you to notice something very careful. If you will, notice uh, uh, that when Jesus was on the other side, he was free to run around and be who he was. When Jesus was not there, he didn't have to worry. He could be uh, naked, running around, screaming and cutting himself, uh, no longer having to live with the idea that Jesus is coming. He could bust chains and feathers apart, my God, and live among the tombs. Everything is going the way it was... was be until Jesus shows up. It's amazing how Jesus shows up and throws everything out of order. 
Mm -hmm. When the words get out that this man is, that we thought was crazy, that we had finally just locked him up in the tomb and told him, stay there, don't come out. That's your neighborhood. Don't you come out of that neighborhood. You stay there. We call this uh, uh, a kind of a way of managing by uh, un unofficial incarceration. Uh, they just incarcerated him into the tomb. Said, you just stay right there. Stay in that neighborhood. Don't you come out of there. You stay over on Crinch. I mean, you stay in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Let me hurry and, and get through here. By the time uh, word gets out that the, that, that, that the pigs have committed uh, uh, suicide themselves, jumped off the edge, they go back and tell the town, y'all better get over here. Something's going on out of the graveyard. And by the time they get there, my God, they find Jesus. Now, look, look, look with me very quickly. And that is that the, that, that the people that came to greet Jesus now show up late. And when they get there, they find the man who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, having conversation with the Lord. Now, people talk about us. But anybody who has the good common sense to know how to worship God and then turn around and have conversation with Jesus, there's nothing wrong with you. But then the people that don't know Christ have the nerve to laugh at us. Who is to be laughed at? Let me, let me hurry up. They show up. But when they show up, they do not show up to give Jesus the key to the city. They don't come up to give him an award or resolution. No, they come out to tell Jesus, uh, you know what, you're messing up our town. And we've got everything situated where it's supposed to go. We have a ghetto over here. We have uh, uh, something over here. We got the tomb over here with the crazy man running around. And we have everything the way we like it. Now you have showed up and messed up stuff. And so here we are as official representatives of the city. We have come to ask you to leave. Leave them. Leave us alone. What were they afraid of? What, what, what was it that was bothering them? That all of a sudden somebody they thought they had under control, all of a sudden somebody they thought that they had declared was no good, had no future, didn't have to worry about it because they would never be nothing. But all of a sudden, now he is clothed and in his right mind and he now is a threat to everybody else. You know, when you break out of where you are, when you break out of what people have put you in, when you break out of the box that they said you in, when you break out, my God, of the place where they are, you become a threat to everybody else. God, I wish I had a, somebody could talk to you. Something has gone wrong. Excuse me. I got to get to Philippi as quickly as possible. We now travel to Philippi, the first European city that Paul evangelized as he came across the Asia Minor, arriving at the port of Philippi in Macedonia. This dangerous preacher is now on the loose. Now he has entered into even this place in Europe. Uh, and when he shows up, uh, he shows up by starting to preach and ends up uh, eventually uh, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. Chapter 17, verse 3. This Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. That was a problem because he's calling Christ Lord. The problem at that time was that those who lived in the city called Caesar Lord. Now, my brothers and sisters, you cannot have two lords at the same time. And I know there's some people who are between one and the other. But let me tell you something. You don't have but one lord at a time. Now, you may be faking it with one, but then there's one that you serve. And some people only serve him on Sunday, and then they want to go back and serve the other lord on the other day. But that is not what I have time to talk about. This is the problem because Caesar is their lord. But I come by to tell you today, you cannot have two lords, two kings, or two saviors. Look over at somebody right now. Don't say nothing. Just look at them and try to figure out who is their Lord. Mm -hmm. Now look back here. Look up. Look, look back here. Look back here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My God. Let me tell you something. 
Paul begins to preach, but he begins to upset the entire city. First of all, there is the conversion of a rich woman. My God, the seller of purple. Uh, you know, somebody said, well, what did she, she's rich. You see, one of the things that bothers society is when poor folk and rich folk come together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have some of that going on in here right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look up here, look up here, look up here. Praise the name of the Lord. My God, this is the problem, this is the problem. But all of a sudden, the preaching of the gospel breaks down barriers. The preaching of the gospel breaks down the walls that divide us. The preaching of the gospel, oh God, can I talk to somebody today? My God, now the rich and the poor are coming together. The other thing is uh, that this woman who is now saved turns around and opens her house and becomes one of the leading forces uh, in this new church. Now that's a problem because at the time in which she lived, women did not have leading roles when it came to church. My God, the fact is, in the synagogue area, they had to stand on the outside and only the men could go in. But now, all of a sudden, that wall has been brought down. You know what? Something happens when the gospel is preached. It brings down walls and brings a crushing blow against preconceived ideas that are not like God. I got to hurry on. Hallelujah, let me hurry, let me hurry. My God, and then all of a sudden, the whole city is beginning to rock. Somebody's saying, something's going on here, something's going on here. But it does not really go to the next level until we hear the testimony of what happened in Philippi. And that is, once we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul could not handle this anymore. Turned around and said to that spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. I like the way that works because he gives us an example of how to handle demonic forces. Let me tell you something. Some of us are trying to work out a mutual agreement with the devil. Mm -hmm. Some of us are thinking that what we can do is just work out a deal and try to get him not to act up so much. Let me tell you, friends, you can't work out a mutual agreement with the devil. If you want to have victory, you've got to cast the devil out. Now, the problem is that the devil cannot cast the devil out. But listen, I'm trying to tell you that you've got to get in a place where you can cast the devil out. And a whole lot of us are sitting around trying to pat people on the back and it's okay, it's okay. It's everything gonna be all right. No, it's not gonna be all right. They got the devil in them. I can't hear nobody. You don't like my preaching? Click. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can I talk to somebody here today? Praise the name of the Lord. How many know that the Lord has given us power for a reason? I mean, how many know that the Holy Ghost comes that gives us power for a reason? Is there anybody here that have that kind of Holy Ghost power? My God, to where you can lay hands on the sick, you can cast out devils. Is there anybody? Mm. I gotta hurry on because I meet some people are making you nervous here this morning. Bishop, don't don't, don't talk about demons and devils. Please don't talk about that today, please, Bishop. Praise Because I don't want the devil to act up in me. Listen, take authority over the demons and cast them out in the name of Jesus. Let me hurry on. When the owners of the slave girls realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them there before the magistrates. These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for the Romans to accept. The crowds join in and they attack Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And then they had to be severely flogged. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And upon receiving such orders, he puts them on the inner part of the prison. 
Yes, it is a problem because the power that delivers us from sin had upset society that is based on sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the power that preached Christ on the throne has come to dethrone everybody else who was there improperly. Can I talk to somebody today? St. Paul is setting the slave girl free of her demons. Uh, depriving the owners of the income that they derived from her state uh, and they were banking on her bad condition and trafficking uh, my God to make money and keep her in a place uh, of substitute under them the name and the power of Jesus sets her free my brothers and sisters let me tell you something today Uh, Lord help me here today they are arrested and beaten not because they were murderers not because they were robbers not because they were involved in abusive physical uh, 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 accosting this young lady no sir they are now arrested because they cast the devil out of a young lady Mm -hmm. Paul was a dangerous preacher hallelujah we can't stand it we need sinful behavior to maintain status quo And as long as people are caught up in a habit that they can't break, it allows others to be able to look at them and say, I can hold you here as long as you are there. But we need sinful behavior to keep the poor in their place. We need sinful behavior to maintain cultural supremacy. We need sinful behavior to ensure economic advantages. Y'all don't like this. His action drew deep anger from the owners and uh, uh, they turned around and were mad because he had rocked their world uh, and touched their pocketbooks. They see the Christian message for what it is and that is it is revolutionary. It is uh, disconcerting. It is threatening and it is deeply upsetting. That's why some people come to church and get mad and say I'm not coming back anymore because the preacher is messing with me. He's getting all off in my business but I'm sure there's a witness here that will tell you that the gospel has a way of following you home it has a way of getting in your car going all the way to your house and even when you get home and you leave your rock routers on the outside and turn around and put the alarm on on the inside and go up to your bedroom and close the door the gospel has a way of breaking in behind the rock routers in faith of the locks until the gospel comes to tell you this is your life hallelujah somebody I've got to hurry on from here I gotta hurry up and get out of here they turn around and put them in jail thinking that we finally have beat them we finally have thrown them in jail but God has a way the earthquake came and shook the jail at midnight and when it shook the jail doors came open chains fell off because there was an earth God has a way of shaking your world do I have a witness here I got to hurry and get out of here hallelujah God I got to move on I can't stay here much longer I've got to make my way over to Thessalonica. Here we are, 20 years since the Holy Ghost fell, 20 years since power has come, and 20 years later, we find ourselves in Thessalonica. What a place it was! Here they are in the city. Here they are. 
having their own ministry to go forth. Here they are, 100 miles away from Philippi. They're now, they're now, they're now in Thessalonica. You would think after being beat, after being flogged, after being beat down with rods, after being thrown in jail, you would think that they would quit and give up. But rather than quit, they got a new anointing and went to the next city. There's somebody here right now that the devil wants you to quit. The devil is telling you I've come after you and I want you to give this thing up. But I don't know about you, but somebody ought to join me and say I'm not going to quit. I'm going to shift gears. And if you don't like what I have, I'm going to switch to another gear. Is there anybody here that's determined to hold on? Is there anybody here that's determined to hold on? Look over at somebody and shout, hold on. Yeah. There they go into Thessalonica and they begin to preach in the synagogue all over again. Word gets out that they have come and finally the men couldn't take it. They got together with some negative folk turned around and said we better get them. These are the same men that cut up in Philippi and now they've come here to turn our city upside down. My brothers and sisters it is sometimes your enemy can speak more about you than your friends you won't get that till tomorrow your enemy turned around and said they have come to turn this city upside down what kind of power did they have what kind of anointing did they have I wish I could stay here, but my time is up. I got to get to Crenshaw Boulevard. Can I come to Crenshaw for a minute? Do I have a moment to come to Crenshaw Boulevard? Some of you don't know the story. You just joined recently. I said you just joined recently. But I came by to tell you that this church that's sitting here right now is not the same as the church on Adams Boulevard. There has been a change in the city. When this church moved from Adams over to Crenshaw, everybody wasn't happy. Everybody wasn't all celebrating. There were some spirits that didn't want you to come. There were some spirits that didn't want you to be here. But look at God on Crenshaw Boulevard. There were some spirits that said don't come because you're going to upset the status quo. There were some drug dealers that said don't come. Some liquor stores don't come. Some pimps don't come. And then there were some undercover wicked folk sitting in high places acting like they love you but making policies to stop you anyway. But what they didn't know is there was a dangerous preacher on Crenshaw Boulevard. Lord have mercy. I've got to close right about here. 
but thank God for the preaching on the gospel. Now this is why I need your help. Somebody said, well, you don't know what really happened over here because you weren't down here. But I've got a few witnesses that will help me preach. Is there anybody here that was sick in your body and you came to Crenshaw? You came here to find your healing. If that's you, wave your hand and shout, here I am. Woo! Hallelujah. Is there anybody here that was caught up in sin and had a habit you could not break and now you have found your deliverance? If that's you, wave your hand and shout, here I am. Is there anybody here whose marriage was all messed up but you came to this church and you heard the gospel being preached and rather than a divorce you renewed your commitment and now you look back and say thank God I heard the truth and I heard the gospel is there anybody here where your marriage has been made better because of Crenshaw Boulevard is there anybody here that had a dream that was broken had a dream you had given up on had a dream you didn't think would come to pass but you came here and heard a dreamer that said hold on to your dream hold on to your vision who am I preaching to that said hold on don't let go because I see you in the future and you look much better than you do right now do I have a witness here that something good happened on Crenshaw the power of the gospel turn your life around the power of the gospel brought you salvation the power of the gospel gave you a new hope and a new determination I'm so glad hallelujah I remember I said I remember when you moved to a furniture store that had been abandoned and somebody said what they gonna do with that old building but what people don't know is what you can't see is what God is doing in my today that will bring me to my tomorrow look at somebody and say God is bringing me to my tomorrow I may look down I may look defeated I may look like I'm not going nowhere but God is lifting me God is strengthening me God is taking me to another place is there anybody here that said you're talking about me come on yeah come on let's go to another place let's go to where God is lifting you thank God for a dangerous preacher thank God 
for an anointed preacher. Thank God I've got new hope. I've got new determination. I've got a new resolve to go to another place. Look at somebody and say, don't you give up. There is healing in this place. If you're sick, if you're sick in your body, the Lord have you tuned in to Crenshaw Boulevard. If you're sick, go ahead and praise God and watch. Woo! If you've lost your joy, you can't seem to rejoice. Look like you can't shout. Look like you're throwing in the towel. I came by to tell you here on Crenshaw Boulevard. Is there anybody here that knows you can get your joy back? You can get your joy back. Yeah. I know we can't run around like we like to but I need to close him when I tell you not only can you get your joy back but there's a few folk that will tell you on Crenshaw Boulevard you can get your shout back you can get your dance back if you stick with Crenshaw Boulevard yes the steeple can be seen from blocks away but if you really want to know the story of Crenshaw it's not just the building it's not just the cathedral but the real story is me look at somebody say I am the story on Crenshaw Boulevard. I am the story on Crenshaw Boulevard. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my life. Let me tell you how God changed me. Let me tell you how I got a new vision, a new dream, a new hope. How the Lord delivered me from my sin, from my habits. Now somebody give God praise. Yeah! I feel like shouting right now. My sister, I feel a shout. I feel a shout coming on.
Oh, that's enough. Would you look at somebody even though they can't hear your clothes, but just look over at somebody and point to them and tell them you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Now, West Angeles, West Angeles, listen to Brother Macklin this morning. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare stop doing it. Don't you dare stop lifting up a light. Don't you dare back up from the devil. Don't you dare sit down. You think we've been somewhere in the past. Stick with us because we're going somewhere in the future. If that's you, go ahead and point your finger and shout in the future. In the future. God will. I got to go stand right there stand stand right where you are if you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins this gospel that has been preached for 50 plus years is here available still opening doors still pulling people out everybody bow your head Somebody said, Bishop, we don't all have to say the sinner's prayer because most of us are saved. You don't know that. All right. Everybody repeat with me. If you're already saved, it won't hurt you. If you're not, it'll show enough help you. Everybody say with me, including those, including those of you at home. Lord Jesus, here I am. And I need you right now. Lord Jesus, come in now and take full control of my life. I give it all in your hands. Jesus, take over from this day forward. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my King. And I will go forward knowing that you are mine and I'm yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Thank God. Somebody just got a touch right there. Go ahead and give him praise. tremendous word from the man of God if you prayed that prayer if you committed your life to the Lord and said Lord I'm back I want to be your servant I want to live for you I want to live by your power I assure you that him that cometh unto the Lord 
the Lord will in no wise cast out, but he's received you and your sins are forgiven. You made a new start. Renew your involvement and your commitment. We'd like to know that you prayed that prayer today. At our hospitality table in the lobby, our members are there to serve you. If you gave your life to the Lord, if you renewed your vow, go by the table and register and let it be known. And we'll be able to get in touch with you and encourage you in your Christian walk and in your life in the Lord. Let's praise God for those who gave their lives to the Lord. If you're not able to go to the table in the lobby, then you have an app on your computer that you can contact. Just go to Westay app and indicate your desire to be renewing your membership in the church. We commit to the church. It can be done and we'll receive you once again. Let's praise God for the man of God. What a word, what a word, what a word, what a word.